What Your Bank Doesn't Tell You, a podcast by You Mushroom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast, What Your Bank Doesn't Tell You. Today, we are going to continue uh, build upon our new series, which we started back then in August, called Make Investing Your New Habit. And um, we are having again Laura as guest. Hello. Thank you for having me, Luba. And today the topic would be how to strengthen this new habit. For those of you who remember this episode, it was episode 12, I believe. Mm -hmm. We built up an ETF portfolio, Laura built it, and the idea is to give you regular updates of what's happening with this portfolio, and this is a portfolio run by Laura. So here's my first question, Laura. How is the portfolio doing? Well, um, given that we had some quite turbulent um, months since August, um, the portfolio has since inception um, minus 2.62%, so I'm slightly in the minus. Um, I invested in it um, plus minus every month, and I try um, to keep um, the balance um, between those four ETFs that yeah, they're plus minus the same weight. Of course, at the moment, when you look in it, um, then, yeah, it's not quite every ETF has 25%. That's due to the size of each fund or each ETF to buy. So I really try to balance it out over like two months um, that it makes sense to buy. And also with my buying power, um, yeah, to balance that over every second month. That's great. That's a very clever strategy because you don't want to be dependent on the market timing. For those of you who are listening the first time, Laura, would you tell us what you have in a portfolio? Yes, um, certainly. Um, I have four ETFs and you can see them on Umushroom. Um, it's visible for everybody. So um, I would be very happy if you check it out. It's called ETFs Investing Habit. Um, and I'm sure we also can link it to the podcast here. Um, so as I said, um, I selected in August four ETFs. Um, I have one um, with SMI titles in it, so a Swiss-based fund uh, ETF. Then I have one ETF with S&P 500, so more um, the US in it. Then I have FTSE Emerging Markets, which is more, as the name says, already have covering the emerging markets. And then I have the Eurostock 50 um, to have um, the European countries covered in it. So th those are my four ETFs, which I have. That's a very good strategy. And, w and this is considered a very good diversified portfolio. And um, Laura, would you elaborate why that portfolio is so good diversified out of the geographies? Because obviously we have a geographical diversification. Yes, well, when I look now at it and see the performance which happened, that's also kind of a question I have to do or I brought with me today um, to ask you. Um, I saw, for example, that the SMI um, over time or since inception is the, the ETF which is lagging since all, August a little bit and then I uh, I looked in all the fact sheets and you can also find them on new mushroom you can just download them and I looked also in the sectors in which I I'm invested with those four ETFs and it's quite astonishing so for example in the we, we take the SMI as we're um, home in in Switzerland 
Mary, quickly, for those of you who are listening, SMI is actually the Swiss market index, which is uh, representing the 20 biggest companies in Switzerland, just for those of you who are beginners. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> no, no. And um, I mean, I'm very well diversified in, in different companies, but when you look at the sectors in which they're um, invested, that's quite, or surprisingly also for me, like 40% is healthcare. Like That's a lot of my, and then consumer goods is like twenty three, and the biggest positions in there is, for example, Nestle with seventeen percent or almost eighteen percent, then Novartis and Roche. So, I think, or I just realized then, well, the SMI is a lot reliable on those three shares, right? Mm -hmm. Even though I'm very well diversified, um, I own those three shares are the ones who have to perform the best in order to also perform there. And maybe that's also a question for you. And also I looked at the other um, four and there it's very similar that it's, for example, the S&P 500, there we have information technology with 28%. So all the tech companies are way higher weighted than everything else. So those have to perform very well um, in order that my ETF is also performing very well. And yeah, my question is, for me, year to date, the SMI has staggered a little bit. So it's plus minus around no, no real performance there. It's flat, yeah. It's flat, mm -hmm. thank you. <laughs> and um, why is this so? And for example, the S&P 500, I looked it up. Um, it's way better. It's like almost 19% year to date. Um, can you maybe elaborate that a little bit for me and also elaborate for me, is it really good to be in four so different ETFs um, diversified that, I mean, my SMI ETF is taking a little bit of the profitability of my S&P 500 fund or ETF, right? So is it really good to be invested so also in so different markets? So this question is a very valid question and um, this is one of the reasons when we invest actually in ETFs that we also have a deep dive into the fact sheets and see in which sectors uh, an ETF is mainly invested, uh, what's the breakdown and also which are the leading companies as you just did by the way. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who are following closely the markets, for example, this year is the year of the tech stocks. They were the drivers of the performance of S&P 500 and obviously also of NASDAQ. And they are, that's why you see such a high performance of almost 20% year to date. SMI on the other side is actually invested in stocks which are rather defensive. Tech stocks are cyclical. When the economy do, uh, performs well, tech stocks tend to overperform. But healthcare is actually anti-cyclical, it's more defensive. And you could see that this year, healthcare is actually not performing that mm -hmm. strong as it used to perform in previous years. 2022 was the other way around. 2022, you would have the tech stocks being really punished by the markets because it was a very troubled and uncertain year. But then again, the only sectors which performed were the defensive ones. Those were utilities and because of the crisis with Ukraine, obviously also energy. And now we are in an year which is actually a growth year. And you could see every index which has actually overweighting of the tech stocks. These are the classical um, cyclical stocks actually really performs well. And indices which are more defensive, 
don't perform that good. SMI belongs to those type of fitnesses. Ah, okay, that's that's very interesting. So apparently, or I did a very good selection to have cyclic or cyclical, cyclical yeah. um, ETFs or indices in my ETFs and non-cyclicals, right? Yes. So to have like, but it's it is good to have both. Correct. In it to have both upsides. Correct. And uh, actually, if you look at your portfolio, if we would run it from the beginning of the year, year to date, you will be around 9%. Mm -hmm. That is because, of course, you give up some uh, return, but also in other years, you would not be punished as strong by the markets because you would always have a sector who will be falling with you, of course, if it's not a very turbulent year. So diversification may cost you some performance, but it also gives you stability and it buffers losses. In that sense, yes, indeed, you did a very good selection. Ah, that's thank you very much for this. I didn't or I wasn't that aware that that's really very important. Um, another question I have, um, I mean, I highlighted and I, I really did this sector breakdown and the Eurostock uh, 50, for example, is the only one where consumer discretionary goods like Vuitton. Yeah. <laughs> For example, it's really high um, and has a difference, whereas in, as we heard yet, and in S&P 500, in SMI, and even in the FTSE emerging markets, um, we have technology and financials very high. Mm -hmm. How can I ensure if, I mean, we hear also financial markets, they had a lot of trouble this year, right, all over the world. Um how can I filter that or what do I have to be aware of when choosing an ETF um, that maybe I'm not only investing in financials? Is there a way also by applying filters maybe to not, would you say, not only invest in the, the well-known and biggest index, indice, indice, indices? It's a very complicated <laughs> word in English. It's a tongue breaker. Yeah. <laughs> indices or um, how would you go about that? So it depends what you want to achieve. If I want to, you can actually, the way we I would go for it is if I want to really set up a very traditional portfolio which follows the most liquid markets, I would really go according to the geographical indices. And I would be mindful exactly of those pitfalls which you just mentioned. I would really look into the fact sheets. You can download them on your mushroom and see what is the sectoral exposure. And see, for example, if I invest in the USA, be aware in the broad indices, it's technology. UK, by the way, used to be energy up to last year and probably even up to today. Uh, Europe, the big 50 stocks are actually, as you say, consumer discretionary because of the two big luxury producing companies in Europe who are very prominent in pool position in the index. We are here home, uh, home turf are actually more healthcare, very natural, and Novartis and Roche. So you would also look at, select the countries where you feel familiar with and also next step, look in the in industries which they invest into. If you want to go into more niche indices, then you would need to, what you would do is basically type a keyword on your mushroom and see what kind of investment suggestions come. So for example, if you want to invest in certain sectors, which would be rather, um, won't belong to the largest ones, that would be the best way to search. And then further with the filters which you offer, you can indeed tailor and search, do you want these sectors to be assigned to specific geography? Do you want these sectors to be assigned to companies with certain size? There is another different type of investor, for example, who would prefer small caps as opposed to large caps. That's also a very valid strategy in Switzerland, by the way. 
This type of strategy to invest in Swiss small and mid-caps used to be incredibly successful over the past 20 years. So very valid question. Use the filters. If you're more the type of person who will distinguish companies according to size, you can do that on your mushroom. You can limit the maximum, uh, the, the range um, of market capitalization according to your preferences. If you want to search with specific keywords, like, I don't know, brain technology or water, if you want to invest in water, you just type in the search the respective keyword and then it will come mm -hmm. structured. Okay. Thank you very much. You elaborated that very well for me. Um, I have another question to the to the SMI. And um, I mean, this 2%, I mean, for me, the question is, um, we heard in the SMI, there are a lot of different um, companies in it, right? Mm -hmm. But um, those three biggest, as I mentioned to you before, really did the difference. And can you elaborate? Because I know, for example, smaller companies, they had a really good performance this year, but it's really not showing in my ETF at all because they're so small compared to those three bigs. Can we maybe also see um, year to date how those three really performed this year? Yes, um, that is something which we, we are happy to show also on the platform and have a look at that. For example, like uh, we looked into the top drivers of SMI and mm -hmm. as you say, those are Nestle, Novartis and Roche. And you could easily see that actually year to date, Nestle has roughly is my, roughly minus 7%. Uh, Roche is, has lost actually quite a lot, 20%. And you could see that actually Novartis is... Um, flattish up to 3%, depending on the day when you're doing the inception. So you see that actually top three, top five, top 10 positions, which we reveal on your mushroom, may have a substantial impact on the whole performance. They actually drive the performance of, a, of an ETF. Yeah, and, and I see on the screen that, um, that you really can compare those. And I think that before investing in, in an ETF, it would also be very interesting like to dig them deeper and compare them, right, to to really get a feeling what you're having in your portfolio. And I certainly will do that for SMI. I did that already, but I'll definitely do it also for the others and um, to really understand and strengthen my habit on investing to see that what is there to make myself aware. Because sometimes you, I mean, after four weeks, I really had to look again at my portfolio and, and, look at the positions again, because sometimes I already forget, ah, why did I choose that? So it was really helpful for me to, that I already put my, my strategy in there to understand it myself again and take it up and invest further and understand also the performance there. And that's a very valid point. When you start investing, you actually naturally start to developing the interest what's happening on the markets. And I remember maybe a year ago, before we started really setting up real portfolios, you would not be leading this type of discussion, right? Because you hear in the news somewhere on the back of your mind, something's happening on the markets and some stocks go up, some stocks go down. But because you don't have, as we call it, skin in the game, you actually don't follow it that close. Mm -hmm. And um, strengthening habit means actually staying... Um, regularly in contact with the topic. By the way, one very interesting remark, speaking of SMI, that's another parameter which we would warmly recommend to you to um, consider, particularly when you do the comparison and uh, have a look at the screen again. We all, you see what's typical for Nestle, Novartis and Roche, the three of them actually pay quite high dividend, right? Nestle pays roughly 3%, Novartis pays almost 4%, 3.75, and Roche pays 4%. So those are very well mature, stable companies who are rather what we call in finance actually cash cows or um, 
as opposed to the typical growth companies, which would be, for example, a Tesla, which pays zero dividend, but you have a huge upside performance. Mm -hmm. Just to give also this uh, dimension. Yeah, that's a very valid point. Well, thank you very much. Um, I think that was a very good recap for my side and to keep going into the next year. Um, I will definitely, I think I keep my portfolio as it is um, and then hopefully see you soon again or talk to you soon again and see the, yeah, another update on it and I'll, I'll sure bring some new questions with me. <laughs> Looking forward to see what your portfolio is going to be doing in some few months and thank you very much for this very interesting and insightful talk. Thank you, Luba. Goodbye. Looking forward to see you again. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to put them either in the comments or write us to uh, at hello at mushroom.com. We are looking forward to hearing from you. Money! What your bank doesn't tell you. A podcast by you mushroom.